Welcome to Into Everything with Danae. I'm your host, Danae, and we're going to get into a little bit of everything. Uh, today, I have with me here my good, good, clean, clean friend, uh, Jay Clean. Moore. Wait, wait. Clean? Did you say clean? Clean. I don't think everybody would agree with clean, <laughs> but I appreciate that. Oh, man. I, I always say good, clean. Uh, so <laughs> that's always how I introduce people that right. I really, really care about. Uh, it's my dog yeah, right well, here. I- I appreciate that. We go way back. So would you like to introduce yourself for for my listeners? Um, It's your man, as she said, Jay Moody, a.k.a. Wayne J. Trump from the world famous Rod Not All Day podcast. And I'm here to fuck with my girl, Zay, because she's into everything. I'm here. Yes. Let's get into it. Oh, man. So today, go ahead. Like, wait, real quick, I just, you said we go way back, and it's like, yo, it's crazy, because we do, like, May, I met you on Twitter. Like, I met a lot of my, like, close people on Twitter. It's kind of crazy how that worked out. It's just a random connection, right? It is. It's very random. Like, no, like, real shit, my my partner in my podcast, I met him on Twitter. It's kind of wild. Like, Twitter is really, like... I don't like it as much now, but mm-hmm. it, it was at one time one of my favorite spaces in the world. Oh, it was yeah. just such a fun place to be at one point. I think the it's, heyday was from like 20, 2009 to 2018. I Listen, I don't even think it was that long for me. Like, like my heyday for Twitter was 2007 to 2012. Like, that was my stretch. Like, that stretch was, like, I remember, I remember my daughter was a baby. She's 15 now, but I remember she was a baby at the time, so she would be at the house with me at my apartment, and I would, I had this really, really big, well, I still do, but I, I, you know, I had this big California King bed, and she was, what, one, two, she was a little baby, very advanced, though, so I would, like, put her in the bed at night, and I would get in the bed with her. We would lay there until she fell asleep. And then I would go get back up and I would go in the living room and lay on my couch and just be on Twitter all night. This one I had to tag place. I had to be up at like seven to take her to daycare and go to work over my over my business. Didn't care. Wouldn't sleep because it was just you felt like you was gonna miss something because Twitter was just so live back then. It was just so popping and it and you never knew when something on the timeline was gonna pop off. Exactly, exactly. It was like more unity we used to watch. I remember I was talking to somebody recently because um, I was watching something with Chris Hansen. I was like, I remember it was a thing where everybody would watch to catch a predator together on Twitter. And live was, tweet. I remember and that. Live, yo, T-Cat Mondays was so lit, yo. Like it, it, was just, it was just a very different time. So, and then throughout that, we made friendships like they pulled up on me and we I had named her people backstage at the fucking roast picnic. Like just we just vibe and connect and just been good friends ever since. So you know, just wanted to give the people a little bit of history of, of, of me and you and how we met and how we, you know, became cool. You know what I mean? You know, we've been ever since then, it's just it's so funny because I can't even remember the link that brought you and me like together on Twitter at all. Yeah, nah, real shit. Me neither. Real shit. That's real. That's just how life works. I love that. That's real. So today, I actually have a topic that I know you personally are going to really be able to tackle. Okay. So, um, as you know, like, I'm the kind of person where I'm a perfectionist. I like things to come out, you know, perfect, right? And sometimes the expectation that I want, like, you know, what I'm actually going for. Yeah. And kind of picturing that end result in my head, I get intimidated and I might not even start. So the concept for today's uh, today's podcast, I want to talk about analysis paralysis. Are you familiar with that term? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Very familiar. So what is that like for you? I, I've been a victim of You don't experience before. that. I don't think you do. I, I, I mean, I have. You know, it's funny. I would, I would, I, I would think I have at one time or another. But I also have this thing about me where I'm a chance taker. I'm a risk taker. I don't ever want to look back at any situation and think what I could have done. 
I'll just do it. I'll try it. And it's like, you take the shot, you either make or you miss. I'll give you an example. I, 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 pattern my, I, I pattern a lot of my mentality after Kobe Bryant, and I'll tell you why. Because his mentality is to forever learn. It's always to get better. It's not always about winning and losing, per se. As much as people may think it may be for a person like him, it's not. And people may think that about a person like me because people will look at me like, you know, you have wins, like you, you they see us on this great stature, but or, or they, people might look at me on this great stature, but not see everything that I go through to get it. So it's like even a Kobe mentality with this. When we think about Kobe Bryant, we think about all his great moments. We think about him hitting game winning shots and things of that nature. But we never stop to think about all the game winning all the game winning shots that he missed which was way more than the ones that he made. So when you think about something like paralysis analysis, it's just the fear to even take the chance is what will be the greatest aid in you not being great and remembered because you never even took the chance. People, people are afraid to fail more times than not because they think about what the outside is going to think. The outside is going to think what they're going to think regardless. So you can't really let that part drive you. You just got to do it. You know, I, I, I'll let you build on that. But I got another, a, a very specific story about myself that I want to share as well to kind of get into that. You know, once you, you, you kind of go off my definition of what I just said. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so okay. just for me, right, I have, uh, just to be a little bit candid, um, I have ADHD, right? So that's the attention okay. deficit with the hyperactivity. And so yeah, yeah. a lot of times my brain like kind of overcommits, you know, I want to do so many different things. Uh-huh. And then I get overwhelmed by just the sheer amount of choices. Like if I want to go to a restaurant for dinner, I spend an hour reading Yelp reviews and deciding where I want to go before I get up and go. I, I can tell you sometimes crazy. I've been on DoorDash and I've been trying to decide on what I want and all the restaurants start closing because I can't decide. Wow. That's crazy. It's crazy, right? That's crazy. That's wild. So it's quite That's literally wild. where your over analysis and your overthinking of a situation prevents you from taking any action at all. Take, taking any, any, I got you. I got you. And so honestly, it inspired me because I've been sitting on this podcast for a little while and kind of scared to, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. When did you tell me about it? When did you tell me about it? A while ago, probably about a month ago. And and who was super excited about it? You were. Of course you were. And and then who called you and said, what we waiting on? But let, let me be honest though. Let me be honest again. It was actually your idea that I started podcast, what, five years ago? Yeah, a long time ago. Maybe longer than that. A long time ago. Yes, absolutely. I I recognized that right away. You know what I mean? Because you, you were, you, you caught my attention, like, like through Twitter, like the special people, they catch the special people's attention. Like, like, like everything about you was like, yo, she's dope. Like, you know, that, that's somebody I want to know who that is. You know what I mean? Regardless of where you sit, you you got your throne no matter where you sit in life. So you recognize who's the royalty versus like amongst the peasants. You recognize the royalty. You know what I mean? Regardless of where the royalty is sitting at the time. So, you know, I recognize that about you. That's why I, I notice these things about the special people. So if I say it, it's because of what I see. Well, real oh, yeah. recognize Absolutely. real. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So honestly, I'm very proud of how far you've come. Your podcast is ranked. Well, where are you ranked now? We are 37th in America. Woo. We are number nine on the uh, the charting. It's the top 50 charting of, of like the not major, major, but we are major, major at this point, in my opinion. But like, you know, you and, and I say this. Well, let me go ahead and finish with the ranking. So we're number nine on the top 50 charting and rising. Um, we're 37 in the U.S. and we're 235, 235 in the world. I'm five million. Globally. So, globally. Shout out to riding out all day. Mm-hmm. 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 Shout out to us. Shout out to us. <laughs> uh, we, we're, doing, we're doing well. We're doing our thing. I mean, interesting thing about me is that I, I did this before, like back in 2012, right before I moved to California, I had a, um, a radio show here in Philly for a while, which was online. Um, and, and back then, 
you know, people were still like into their shows and things of that nature. So it wasn't as much time to watch podcasts like people watch them now. And, you know, we didn't really have the idea to put them on YouTube, which we should have done, which would have been pretty cool. But I had the idea to, to record, you know, record them while we did them live and then put them on iTunes afterwards. When I mean, we didn't have Apple Music back then, we had iTunes still, but you can still get free things on iTunes. So we just put the podcast up, well, we put it up for free as a podcast. So that was back in 2012. Podcast didn't really become a thing until 2016. And, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of like the godfather. One of my guests back when I used to do the show with Gilly, you know, he went on to do a million dollars worth of games. So, you know, I kind of be ahead of the turn Wait, like way before it comes. It's kind of like a thing I do. So, yeah, this 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 ain't like by mistake that I'm doing well because I've been down this road before. And even with like paralysis analysis, I'll give you that. When I first started, I think about how I sounded. It was disgusting. But if you let the paralysis analysis make you wait until it's perfect, you never get to the point where I'm at now because you're always at the starting point trying to go. You understand? I do understand. So actually, um, I was looking into this because it's something that's really fascinated me, kind of finding out who else throughout time has dealt with this. I mean, it goes all the way back to like, you know, Leonardo da Vinci he had unfinished, you know, paintings that he had worked on. He, he never came to finish because they just, they were never right. Yeah, the over analysis yeah. of color, shading, you know, lines, all those different things. Sometimes he just never even got to that point. <clears throat> But to bring it up to modern day, a person yeah. who deals with this, I know a lot, is Kendrick Lamar. And I, I'm sure you've heard him in interviews before where he talks yes. about being a perfectionist and how he yes. has songs that he's been working on for weeks, months, or even sometimes years just to yeah. make sure they sound right. And, and I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially uh, when creating for other people's consumption. Yeah. Uh, where it's like I don't like I know what I want to hear I know what I want but then overanalyzing what does everyone else want as opposed to just you know doing what's best for you and making the decisions that are like in line with you and it becomes a little bit easier to make those decisions yeah that's that's I, I was talking to somebody recently and I said the one thing about this I've done a lot of things in my life I've helped a lot of people I've created a lot of opportunity you know with me in my career in music I've done a great deal for Philly, you know what I mean? And been all over the world with yes. it. But like, it's it's nothing like this because it's me investing in myself and just being myself. And I think that's why it's so successful because I'm just being Jason at the end of the day. You know, all the different variations and, and stages of life, it, they just all rolled into one person and one personality that's become very entertaining for the people and and being able to share my real experiences through just trying to entertain people you know most people listen and it's like you crazy and it's like yeah because i'm a scorpio i've been crazy i'm 43 now though so my perspective and where i view things from it is changing or has changed and is very different now but it's like you use all these things you use all those experiences that you had and you just keep it pushing you know what i mean but the most important thing is to not think about it too much because to move is to shape. You understand what I'm saying? Like to, to shape anything, if you shape clay, it has to move. You have to move. There has to be motion for anything to happen. So 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 those things like even with saying Kendrick Lamar has it, does he really? Because even if even though he has songs that he pushes past it and overcomes it. it. it exactly. There, there are things that stick out though. So it, it's not really that for him. But there are people who really will not start things because they feel like it has to be. It has. It's like you, and that's why. That's why I put the emphasis on be yourself. Because once you be yourself, all the people like you will. will, will they'll, they'll come. They'll just come. You don't. You don't really have to do much. Like you don't really have to package it perfect for people to see it. Because everybody's imperfect, so they'll see the imperfections in it and they'll gravitate to it. Makes sense. Yes, it makes perfect sense. And so, and that's where perfectionism can kind of hinder creativity. Exactly. So I really do. Um, one of the things that I thought about was, well, kind of where do you get like <clears throat> the starting point for that? overthinking kind of just you have to catch that right you have to catch yourself when you're when you're starting that cycle of overthinking before you paralyze yourself with the analysis and i think that that's but, so the I, strategies that successful people do 
I, I guess so one thing about me I guess and, and you know sometimes I think it's good sometimes I think it's bad and, and, and that could go into a whole different subject matter when it comes to like life relationships and things like that because this mentality is not always the best on both sides of the coin but I don't really think about too much too long you get what I'm saying like I, it, it could be a clusterfuck in my head but something will be like, Jason, just jump out this airplane and just deploy the parachute if you're about to hit the ground too hard. That's all. That's it. Just do well, it. Like I think that cause... comes. I think that comes with having, you know, confidence. I think that's that's the key for a lot of people is just having the confidence in your own ability from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a place where you really shine. Like you believe in yourself because everything you've ever put your mind to, you've, you've pretty much accomplished, right? Not everything. Not everything. That's what I. That's what I but that's that's the things. that's that's the human part. But no, listen. I, I'll say this. This this is what I'm saying about the makes and misses in the law of averages. I'll give you an example. I'll use something very like surface level, baseline, nothing very deep. All the fellas look at Jay Moody like the ladies' man, and rightfully so. It is what it is. <laughs> Most fellas are scared of rejection from ladies. I'm not. I've been rejected way more than I've actually gotten a lady. But you have to try in order to, you get what I'm saying? So it's like, you look at it like, oh my God, he's a ladies man. But do you look at how many ladies didn't want me or didn't give me any time of day? Like, did you see that part? You didn't. You don't think it exists because you see the ladies that did get. But what about the ones that didn't? You, you you can't look at it like you, you it, it's a failure. It's not a failure. It's just, okay, that might not have been for me. I may not have been able to do that, but you have to try it. If you want it, you got to try it. You got to take That's a chance right. on it. You got to try it. it. It's the only way. So you've got to trust your instincts, I think. And you have to realize that you can't plan for every possibility and that you can't plan for every outcome, right? So yeah. you've got to be comfortable with a certain level of uncertainty. You have to be able to put yourself yeah. out there and just be willing to not know what the results may be, even though you've put forth your best effort. Well, life is uncertainty in itself. That's right? a fact. Like, like when you think about every day, every day is really anything can happen at any time. Like when you really, really just break everything down, it's it's such a blessing that things just kind of flow with normalcy. But every every once in a while, you ride down the highway, you see an accident, right? I bet you they didn't plan for that though. You watch the news and somebody got shot. I bet you they didn't plan Definitely for that. Definitely plan for that. But that's what I'm saying. So like at any time, so you got to take a chance because it's like. You get in this car accident tomorrow, you're going to be laying up in the hospital bed like, damn. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you so 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 that's the thing, too. Like, it's not always just confidence. It's like live your life. Do what you want, like do do the things that you feel passionate about, like do these things because you don't have all the time you may think you do. So that's a, that that's a part of the driving force for me. And then the doubt, this was the story I was, I just want to give a quick story as to um, years ago, 2012, when I had my radio show, Trayvon Martin, that was a really, really, really big, big thing. Kind of the start of the Black Lives Matter movement in a sense, I would say. Would, would you would you agree? Would you say that was kind of like the, the start of all of that, Trayvon Martin? Absolutely. <laughs> So, so Trayvon Martin was the start of the Black Lives Matter movement. We'll, we'll, we'll just say that, to be fair. This is for, Well, just, yeah, for the, for the intense and sake of this conversation. Yeah, let's start. For the there. sake of the conversation, we'll, we'll, we'll say that Trayvon Martin is where everybody could probably remember back to that kind of started everything off. And at the time, I had a radio show. And um, we talked about it. We talked about it on the show. And um, we had a call to action. And... Um, I, I called for everybody to come out and peacefully protest what was going on down there in Florida. It was from 30th Street Station in Philadelphia to Love Park. It's funny, I posted a picture on my story the other day of me on top of the Love Park statue. But uh, we marched 
And it, it, it's funny because, you know, I put it out on the radio show. And like you said, you, you kind of doubt yourself. Like you, 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 you think big, but then you think small at the same time, at, at the same time, because it's like, who am I to, 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 to do anything? Like you, you ask yourself these questions. And then even at this point, I had done so many substantial things, but I'm still like in a place of, why, and because it's a strange, you know, I'm in a strange place now. Like this is political. This is different. I've never played over here before. So I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just out here. I, I get there. They they said, first you were supposed to have a permit, get the city to agree. No, I just did it. Like, just meet me. And it's so, it, like, it, it, once it happened, it happened. People getting upset about it. Like, it, it, you know, I'm just ruffling feathers. It's just what I do. I'm just ruffling feathers. We gonna do this. I don't give a fuck what none of y'all talking about. So I get there and the city has sent out some people. They sent out like some of the top cops, corporals and whatever. I, I, I don't remember none of these guys' names. They were super cool though. I, I, I remember them all face-wise, but I don't remember none of their names. And I remember one of the guys, it was this white guy, super cool. He used to wear a regular suit, but he had like the armband thing on his, on his arm to show that he was like one of the top cops or whatever. And I remember he walked up to me and he introduced himself. We talked for a second. He asked me, he said, how many people do you think will show up today? But they just try to get a gauge of what they got to deal with. And I'm like, you know, maybe 500. But in my head, I'm like, I'm lucky if 50 people come out here. This is me doubting myself, though. Mm -hmm. This is me doubting myself, right? I get out there like 345 because we're supposed to start marching at 717, right? Okay. So I just want to be prepared and be out there. The news show up. All, day. I'm getting, all of a sudden, there's cameras in my face, the microphones in my face. It's, it's up. I'm like, wow. Then I'm looking around me and it's just people and more people and more people and more people. Do you know what the end total was of people what? that showed up out there? 15,000 people. Wow. Came out. It's a point of that. It, it put me on CNN, every local news channel. It, it kind of started the Black Lives Matter movement. My intent wasn't to be what Black Lives Matter became. My intent was just to have my voice heard. And I did it. That's that. It didn't stick because that's not what I didn't get into that to become some politician to be running around the country. Or to be an activist, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's not. That's not why I did it. You know what I mean? I did it, and people were looking at me like that. Shit, like people look at Black Lives Matter and they look at me like this was you, and it was like that was never me. That wasn't me. I just had something to say at that time. That was the part of life I was in, but I took the chance. I took the shot. Like I, I it, it was what I was passionate about, so I did it. But you can never really look at something like you never know your impact until you actually like the flame. You know what I mean? Spark it first, then watch it from there. Wow, that was an excellent story. Very inspirational. <clears throat> so I think one of the takeaways from that was to just kind of like, even though you're intimidated, just kind of push forward anyway. Even though you may Absolutely. not. Absolutely. It's the only way. Yeah. It's the only way. And, and, so and then you know, like you got, oh, good. And, and I was going to say real quick, and you got to know, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you got to even in doubt with yourself, you have to know, you know what I mean? Like you always got to know, even in doubt, you got to know. I love that. That's such a good story. Um, I, I didn't even think about bringing my own story because I was just so focused on <laughs> I could probably come up with a lot of them, but I think I think the DoorDash one is probably just the most vivid example in my head of me sitting there for an hour scrolling my phone, looking at every menu, like, what do I want? <laughs> and then all the restaurants close, and I got to go downstairs and eat cereal. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think the last thing that I wanted to really touch on was just for, for those of us who may you know, who may need to develop those tools to kind yeah. of like overcome, like, you know, what does that look like? How, how do you really work on those strategies? So I was thinking uh, about talking about, you know, just creating a framework for how you make decisions, right? Uh, have you ever heard of decision fatigue before? No. Okay. So that. this is a really interesting concept. And I don't know if it's true, but I, I, I believe that it is based on my own personal like life experience. So the concept of decision fatigue is 
that everybody and everybody's everybody's kind of number will be different. But the number of number? decisions, like oh, so, I'm, 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 like let me okay. get so the number of decisions that you make in a day before they become essentially before it becomes harder to make a good decision. Everybody has kind of like an arbitrary set number. So let's say, for example, I make 50 decisions throughout the day, but only my okay. first 30 are, are really like solid good ones. And after okay. the first 30 decisions, it becomes harder for me to like make the right choice or make the decision because my brain is fatigued from having to choose between so many options. So I'll give you option. an example. Are you? you okay. I, I know you know who Steve Jobs is, right? Absolutely. Do you remember how Steve Jobs used to dress? Like just a black turtleneck and some jeans. You know why? <laughs> why? Because that way he didn't have to decide what to wear in the morning. That but was one less decision he had to make. You you know what's you know what's so crazy about that? As I've gotten older, if you remember when you first met me, I was like super fly. Like Louis Vuitton every day, driving drop top cars and all. It's too much. It's too much to think about. It is. So I absolutely my my attire now on the daily is sweatpants and a t-shirt. When I have to put on a suit, I will. When I have to get dressed and get fly, I will. But just every day, I got the three pairs of sweatpants that I rotate and like 10 t-shirts. And that's it. I got a shitload of sneakers, but I wear like maybe two. That's all. Like, I, I don't want to have to. So you saying that about him is like, wow. So another example, um, Warren Buffett. Um, he, I think for breakfast, um, like his wife decides what he has for breakfast. That's just what kind of like one less option for him. Right. Wow. That's decent. And so you like, I think that one of the keys to success in life is enabling it so that you can have your decision, like keep that kind of like decision-making power for the important decisions, right? And let the lesser stuff kind of just like work itself out. I tell I tell people all the time, especially people in business, the key is to not worry. You think the people who, who started Walmart worrying about what's going on in Walmart, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're not thinking about that shit. They're not thinking about why Susie was late or why the fucking pallets ain't get there. They don't care nothing about none of that. They just watching the stock price go up and up and up and up and up and worrying about other shit, bigger shit. It's funny, I was having a conversation with my cousin about wanting to, to do bigger things in like real estate. My portfolio is like, it's cool, but it's a headache. I want to do something that doesn't, I got to worry about these things. Like they're not fun to me. I want to do that. So, yeah. So it's funny enough, um, Warren Buffett actually says he's good if he makes three good decisions a year, according to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Wait, three a year? Yeah, three That's major amazing. life decisions but a year is the difference between self success and failure. Major decisions. Yeah. That's crazy because I'm kind of at that point right now in my life. And I'm 43. And you know what's crazy? Even to have, you know, had money at an earlier age, they say that a man doesn't really come into his kingmanship until his like mid forties. So it's like I'm right on schedule. It's You're in your prime, cool. yeah. I like it's kind of cool. Like I'm really like I've really worked myself up to be in really great shape in the best part of my life. You know what I mean? Like this, like I thought the twenties were cool. I thought the thirties were awesome, but the forties have been dope. Like it's and it's been dope not just because it's it's cool. Like because I haven't really done a lot. Like I did a lot in my twenties. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot in my third 30s. So like my late uh, my late 30s and my 40s have been like a lot of like finding myself and soul searching and growing and things of that nature and just trying to become subtle and just myself as a man now. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm really coming into manhood at 43. You know what I mean? Like that and, and for all the young fellas listening, like trust me, at 20 anything, you're not a man yet. You're still a young man. You're still learning how to be a man. You know what I mean? Like these are things that you have to recognize. Regardless of where you sit, I don't care if you got an apartment or a house, you're still a young man. Like you do. Don't rush the process. Don't speed it up. Enjoy it. Enjoy your youth. Enjoy learning. Enjoy tripping and falling and getting up and trying again. Enjoy all these things. Enjoy all the lessons. Honestly. The biggest thing about it. I don't think you can rush the process. I think that even if you think you're farther along in the process, 
it won't get you until you actually yeah. get there. You're not. Yeah, I, I, cause because I, cause I, at I'm, 21, I thought I was a grown-ass woman, right? You can't tell uh, me that. When I'm yeah. 21, I can pay my bills, I can do this, I can do that. And at 30, I realized I didn't know shit at 21. Yeah, no. You know what's crazy, Nay? I went, and you know we got to get into a little bit of ignorance before I get off. I know <laughs> that's asshole. right. But 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 real quick, I went to um, Miami a couple weeks ago. Right, I had um, a couple business meetings down there. I told you we've been, you know, looking um, well entertaining like partnership meetings and things like that for the podcast. I flew out to Miami for um, for um, a situation with uh, the twins. Uh, uh, that that are they're from Philly, but they play for Dallas and LA. Markeith and Marcus Morris. Mm-hmm. They they uh you know they play in the NBA. Yeah. One place for the Clippers and one place for Dallas, but they live in Miami. So I was down there, you know, meeting with them, and uh you know it was during spring break. So you know I'm 43. You know I, I'm a spring break veteran. 20 years ago, you know I used to hit spring break. Still got pictures and things of that nature. So I'm down there. And we go down South Beach because we stay. I was staying in Boca Raton. That's where everything was happening with what I was doing. But you know, let's slide down South Beach. I ain't been there a couple years. See what it's looking like. Check the kids out. So I get down there, and you know, spring break age. The age for that is you know, eighteen to twenty-five, twenty-six. That's like the age. Right. So that, so I'm forty-three. These are children to me. So I'm down there, and I'm, you know, we get down there. We go Saturday. And I go to Wet Willie's, one of my most legendary places when oh, I'm in Atlanta, South there. Carolina, or Miami. Wet Willie's is my spot. So we're, we're in Wet Willie's. Mind you, you know, I don't drink. So I, well, I don't drink anymore. So I, I, uh, I, uh, I, I'm I, just in there. We get something to eat. Me and my cousin, we just down there. I'm just looking at the, they look like children to me. They 21 and little girls is half dressed. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I really used to think I was grown when I was them. And they look like, like to look at them, they look like little, they look like adults in training. They they look like kids trying to be They're adults. Not fully That's formed what it looks yet. like. They are, they are still they, developing. They, that, you can see it. They are still developing. And I was, it's, it's like looking at them. And it's funny because then the next day we come back down to the beach because I wanted to try. Because as we were down there, I see DJ Khaled has a restaurant. It's cool. There's people out there. I was like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. You know, I always try to stay up on, on what's going on with with the young kids and shit like that. You know, I'm a, I'm a music executive, so that's kind of I, I gotta kind of gotta you have try to stay in yeah. pocket a little bit. Gotta try to see what's going on and what's popping. And I'm down here, so why not? So we go to DJ Khaled restaurant. It's cool, real nice vibe in there, and all the kids is in there eating. So we sit down. It's me, my cousin, and his his son and his son's friend. So we, you know, and his son and his son's friend, they're they, they nineteen twenty. So it's these two little girls sitting right next to us in a booth, nineteen to twenty. So I go over and I sit and speak and, you know, I'm a social guy. So I, you know, saying hello, blah, 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 center, we talking. You know, I'm asking them where they from. They're from North Carolina and all this stuff. Two pretty little girls and we get to talking about what they did while they was down there. So then I'm like, you know, these are my nephews. Put them on them. So they come sit with them and then me and my cousin back talking, food come out. They food come out, little, little young girl give me one of her chicken wings. He clearly flirting. 20 years old, like, what? <laughs> so, so my nephews and them, they come back over and then I wind up going back to sit with them and I'm showing them like old pictures from when I was on spring break back in the day and blah, 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 blah. And a little young girl whispered in my ear, you funny. And I'm like, what you mean? She's like, you trying to hook me up with the nephew and I'm trying to see what's up with Uncle. And I'm like, these little girls is too fast. Oh, me. wow. I said, little girl, I said, little girl, I could be your dad. No, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I could be your father, little lady. I'm probably, That's I'm probably your father, baby. They're different. She, she definitely said, "I'm trying to see what's up with them." She wasn't interested. In nothing I was talking about with my nephew, but you know, very different time out here today. I guess I suppose, but very much they, the kids like they, they you, you feel like I remember feeling like even in high school, I see high school kids, and it's like y'all are little ass kids to me. And I remember being in high school thinking I was a grown ass man, so. Yeah, there's that. But you know, the one lesson that I learned um, is that, like, I remember when I was younger, older people used to tell me kind of these things, right? Like, you might think you're grown, but you're not. You yeah, might think yeah, this, absolutely. but you're not. Like, you might think you're ready, but you're not. And yeah. what I learned is not to do that with younger people. I don't think that actually helps them. 
No, you gotta let them be. They are right. You gotta let you gotta let them live their life. You got to. I mean, you can give you can give them nuggets. Like I got a teenager now, and that's what I'm going through. I just gotta let her be her though. You know, like she's not daddy's little girl, and she's always going to be daddy's little girl, but she's not daddy's little girl anymore. Like she's becoming herself. She's learning herself, and I gotta respect it. Like I gotta really look at it objectively. Like you know. I, I was there once. Like, I understand these things she's probably feeling and going through. And, like, I don't understand them on the level of being a, a, a female or, 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 or a young lady, you know, a, a teenager, adolescent, a, 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 from that perspective. But I was a boy teenager. I get it. Like, it, shit changes. You don't want to be around your parents. You, your friends start to become, you start to learn yourself, learn that it, 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 it's, so you got to let them kind of live their life. You, you you just give them what you give them and you, you, you know, you, you, you give it to them the right way. It'll stick. It'll work. Cause I think of all the things my grandfather taught me and they just all worked out. You know what I mean? Like at the time it was like, I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about. Oh man, you old as hell. Get out my face. But now it's yeah, absolutely. So. No, I get it. I I, there's you. plenty of life lessons that someone told me that years later, I you kind of remember what someone said. You're like, oh, that's what they meant by that. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and that life lesson really sinks in. But I think for us, it was also different because even though that, like, even though you know, it was the same big wide world for us growing up as it is now, it's not the same, right? Like, there's just so it, it wasn't, many it, more listen, it options wasn't the same. Now. It like wasn't the same big five world at all. And an entrepreneur and a millionaire. Now we never dreamed yeah, of that because yeah. we didn't. We weren't connected to the world the way the world is connected now. Back, especially in my day. You know, I'm a little older. No, I. It, it was a time where you had to pay to make a long distance call. Like you couldn't even call the next town without getting charged for it. I remember that. Now you can call anywhere. You can call anywhere in the world that you want. You can talk to anybody. You couldn't do that before. On video. On video. Like, you can talk to anyone you want. That's, you know, that's to get into a little bit of ignorance, to switch gears real quick. That That's the funny shit. You said on video. Why are people still getting catfished in 2023? No, that's a What's going on? <laughs> can I, we talk I, about I, I want to get into that real quick. Can we talk about it that day? We talking about, if we into everything, we need to get into that real quick. How is Catfish still making money in a thing in 2023, yo? What's going on? You know what I think that is? I think, and this goes to confidence, self-doubt, all those different things, right? Okay. I think that a lot of people overanalyze, you know, where they stand, what they what they can and cannot, you know, get out of life, or they just don't believe that they can really have what they want. So they choose people that are unavailable to them so that they can say, well, this is why my life is like this, right? I'm single and lonely because I'm in an online relationship with somebody I've never seen as an excuse to push people away from me that are actually, that I have access to. Mm intentionally choosing somebody that's emotionally unavailable I think is kind of like one of those things that people do as like a self-defeating action and so I got you you know what I'm saying like it's hard for me to think about somebody who actually believes in themselves subjecting themselves to something like catfish yeah it's like yeah. people are able to play on your insecurity on your loneliness your vulnerability whatever you have going on in your head whatever your situational circumstances are that are putting you in a place where you can have access now sometimes relationships develop organically right like you might be chatting with a person you just talk to them a lot and eventually you develop some kind of like affection connection but yeah. at the end of the day if you're willing to accept somebody that doesn't want to see you be around you or, or even make themselves available to you that's the choice that you made. Yeah, for sure. So what are you I agree. Thoughts? I agree. You agree with that? Absolutely. I'd 100%. love for you to expand on it. If, if you have any, like, you know. Cause I mean, like, you know, you brought up the catfish. Like, I I'm do you still watch catfish? Because I, I haven't watched it in years. I, I, but I know I, I don't, and I'm thinking about but I'm thinking about things on a level of like, like, I, I'll give you an example. Like, even this, like, not even just for love, like even just I think about things like uh, people like that fall for scams, like girls. You know, it's like accounts that'd be like they a girl and they want you to send this money and blah blah blah. People fall for that shit. It's like, yo, 
I'm not sending you shit. I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't know who you are behind this fucking internet. You, are you crazy? I'm not sending you anything. And people are sending their life saving. Yo, I saw a thing where this old lady, a dude hit this old lady up, right? And said, I'm Bruno Mars. I'm in France. I got arrested and I need $150,000 for you to send. And then I'm going to come to the States and I'm going to give you 300000 back and we going to be together. And she sent it. And she sent it. She sent the money. That's insane. That's <laughs> insanity. That's catfish on such a crazy level. That's what I'm talking about. Like, how are you getting catfish like that? Like, that's retarded. And so, like me, like, I think about, like, scamming. Like, like scamming is crazy. Like, like I've been in situations where people have been like, you're a scammer. It's like, no, I'm not a scammer. I'm a businessman. If business goes bad, people will think you're scamming. You can't go to TD Price, and if you don't do your due diligence, and they be like, fuck off, you ain't going to be looking at TD Price like they scammed you. No, you're going to respect it because they're prestigious. You know what this prestigious. reminds me of? This what? reminds me of uh, how, how, how niggas don't respect nothing. That, that's what that reminds no, you of. So honestly, no. It reminds me of, because, like, I watch a lot of documentaries. I love yeah. documentaries. And I me probably too. will end me up too. doing another episode where I just talk about documentaries because I love them. My, yeah. But there's one on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen Cyber House? No, but I'm going to watch it as soon as we get off just because you said it. No, I haven't oh seen it, though. Oh, my God. It is, it honestly is the scariest thing I've ever seen. So, do you know the app Telegram? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, what they were doing, and this this was taking place in South Korea. So, there were a couple of different guys, right? And what they would do is they would go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and they would be like, oh, we're looking for models, right? So they would get yeah. young girls from South Korea, send them, oh, you look cute. My agent's going to love you. Can you send me a lingerie photo? Great. Can you send me nude photos? Great, right? Mm-hmm. Get all the photos. I'm going to send these to my agent. You're going to be famous. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Message them from another account saying, hey, I have all your nudes. I'm going to send them to your family. I'm going to shame you. You're going to be disgraced. You'll never be able to like work or live or, or run the streets. Um, unless you do what I say, download Telegram and follow my instructions to the letter. So they would have young girls or sometimes even children downloading Telegram and then they would go, they had their own sort of some underground like dark web marketing where they would tell people, hey, I got somebody. I'm opening a room on Telegram. They would send out the link. They were taking cash payments and they were making people put on like essentially live sex shows on Telegram for money and they were extorting them. Wow. This happened in South Korea and this was like 2019. This was recent. Wow. So you have to watch the documentary. But it all started out very seemingly like, oh, I'm just just an agent looking for models. That's how it all starts. Or or better yet, um, they would say things like, oh, your account has been hacked. I need you to send me your ID so I can verify. And then they would take the address and post, oh, we know where she lives. And they would sometimes even send people to these victims. You know what's so crazy? Even that is crazy. Like a a, a a a boy of mine got caught up like that one time. Like not even on no like, um, and I ain't gonna say no names because I won't put them out there. And, and, and you know, not for nothing. Every, it, 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 I, I, well, you know, you, you just gotta be a little careful. But his Instagram got hacked. But the way uh-huh. it got hacked is somebody sent him a message that was like, "Can you vote for me to do something?" And then it was like. I need you to send your email. And then when they send their email, it's like to a link. And when you send the email, they reset your password and take your account. I know somebody that got a message that was allegedly quote unquote from Instagram to read like yeah. something is wrong with your account. And they inadvertently sent their password and access codes and their Instagram got hacked. Got There's hacked. a lot like, of scams like that. You, you got to pay attention. Like what will happen? They'll email you too. Like you got to pay attention. I'll always do this. I'll get emails and it'll be like your account is such and such. But you got to tap the actual email to see where the email came from. And came 10 from. times out of 10, comes from where it, says it from. never comes from Amazon.com. It always is some other shit. So it's like, 
people just not paying attention to the detail and getting scammed in 2023. It's like, how, bro? This is crazy. Getting scammed, getting catfished. This is insane. But I guess it's the same thing with people like doing things on camera too. Like I saw a video yesterday. I don't know if you saw these two girls got killed in, they were somewhere in Mississippi or somewhere down south. They were, they were like outside and the girl was sitting on the girl car and then the girl shot her like she was on camera. Did no. You, you what? Yeah, this shit was wild. It was wild. These two girls got killed. Like, the girl, she shot. They came to the girl house. They were sitting on the girl car. And the girl, like, the girl was holding the camera. And the girl was walking by. And she she shot her. Like, you see her shoot her. That's terrible. That it's crazy. But it did. So I guess it, it, it's the same thing with that. Because I ask myself all the time, how are y'all doing this shit with cameras everywhere you turn? How are y'all just comfortable with? But I guess people just not paying attention to the detail. It is. It's like yo. I mean, back when we were kids, like or or not even kids, but like adolescents, right? If yeah, just imagine if there had been like cameras everywhere. Yo, I can't imagine like in, in, in school instead of everybody like you were trying to watch <laughs> watch you get into a fight or break up your fight, they all pull out their phones and start. They pull out their cameras. I could not imagine. They pull out their cameras. What that's like? Like I, I would have been a real criminal if there was cameras. <laughs> when I was a little you know, boy, I wouldn't have been able to. They, uh, like imagine camera phones. Imagine camera phones at first. Yeah, no, it'd have been bad. It'd have been bad. Greek picnic. Black College Weekend. We used to act crazy out here, but like, but like they, I, I will say this, like, like I've always been one of like having fun and enjoying life. So that's always been the side I've been on. So mm-hmm. re- regardless of any stupid shit I've ever been into, I've never been into nothing that's like destructive. You know, destructive. I've I've, ne- I've always been a builder. I've never been a destroyer. I mean, some people may think that I've, I've destroyed some things, and maybe I have. But like my intent has always been been the bill. It's always been good. So you know, I'm, I'm always on the side of that. Me too. Always. So, so, so I know this what bill it is. that we had today. Thank you so much for being here. By the way, you already know. You already know. You know. Yeah. You know. Real, real quick before we go, I, I, I wanted to get into one last thing. Uh, them, them clubhouse streets. What, what's up with that? Oh, what we be going on in clubhouse? I, I, <laughs> I ain't been there in a minute. I don't know where I used to be on clubhouse. Clubhouse is a crazy place, man. It clubhouse is a crazy is place. Like, well, I feel like I feel like if you're a part of the culture, you gotta go there. You know, you gotta, and, and that's why I always dip my feet back in the pond because I fuck with it. You know what I mean? It's like I remember when it first was popping. I remember the pandemic hit and we was all in there. I, I was one of the first invitees to clubhouse before it became a thing. So I, I, I remember it when it first, first dropped and it was really quiet and you had to get the invite to get in and they, they they only were giving you one invite to give at the time. So it was really hush, hush. People were trying their best. People were trying to buy invites to get in clubhouse. No, I remember some of my friends made bank it, selling invites. Yeah, like like niggas was, niggas was on it. Niggas was trying to get in hard. So clubhouse was... My, shout out to my bro DJ Young Legend. He pulled me in. He um he he used to be an A&R for three three hundred entertainment at the time, and he pulled me right in that joint. I was doing a lot of deals with them. Actually, I'm uh, back with them. Shout out to my man Mike MacArthur. He just got the VP job at three hundred, so I'm back over there in that building trying to get a deal done with um this artist Kate Glizzy. I've been working with. Shout out to her. She's burning up the streets in Philly. So oh, wow, you know it's, it's just. Okay. You know, we we around. I mean, and, and you know, we're open to, to to many options. But you know, just just trying to do what we do, man. Just just making it happen. You know, Wayne J. Trump about to run for president. Oh yeah, clubhouse, 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 man. Clubhouse. Well, what if I need you to run for president? Because both of our um, potential options are like seventy, what seventy six plus. Yeah, well, they are way my, my too dad old. is seventy. I, you know, well, you not, I so, you know, so you so you know the Wayne J. Trump is that's my dad. You know that's that's you know Don the Donald is my that my dad. That's my that's my pop. He is you know I got my Make America Great Again hat. You know that's my that's my folk. Man. I, I, you are I, such a Trump. I, 
I fuck with that. Listen, you know I fuck with the Donald. When I was a young boy, it used to be this show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I Robin Leach. Who, who, everybody remember. I'm Robin Leach. And this is Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And who, and who was on that joint every week? The Donald. Yo, he was living. I was like, yo, the boy Donald Trump got paper. Didn't they have the Notorious B.I.G. on there? Did they? Oh my God, I that episode. Like they did, but I can't it, remember. Oh, I'm about to YouTube it, yo. Your lifestyle for the rich and famous was the shit. It was the shit. It was the shit. It was the shit. That joke was all that. Lifestyles of the rich and famous was definitely aspirate. That was cribs before cribs. It was cribs before cribs. It absolutely was. It definitely showed never you. It showed you how the rich people live. You better get with it. It's out here. And that joint used to come on regular that's TV. Shit, I, I think like, that ruined our generation. <laughs> we all think it did? That's funny. That's funny. They did sell us like, yo, y'all need to They sold rich us out a dream. Show. They definitely was like, yo, you better get it. You better get it. You better live like this. We in the projects. Like, and what then, the hell? You know what else sold us a dream? Home what? Alone 2. Lost in New York. Lost in New York. You know what's funny? We're going to have limos you know? and pizza and shopping sprees <laughs> and FAO shorts. All of that, right? Can't be. in the 90s. We wanted to I used to be like, yo, what does his dad do that this nigga just got endless paper in New York right now? He just in the best hotel buying yo, shit. That credit card limit had to be nuts. Yo, it was maxed out crazy. <laughs> and like, he wasn't even mad when he saw his son. Like, it's cool. Like, I would have been Not furious if my son was... Charges. No, nah, no, nah, listen. I'd have been furious if my son was anywhere with my credit card doing anything piss the fuck off yo like I'm gonna kill you even that's changed because back then they would just you know literally take like a like a a little imprint of your credit card and they wouldn't run it remember Yeah. now they run your credit card instantly they take that money now well no well no well no well no I will say this I will say this times have it changed for the rich and where I live, you know, not trying to say I'm rich, but I'm just going to say where I live, we don't pay for things up front. They bill us for here. So that hasn't changed. That's still a thing. Just saying. They bill, they, they bill us for everything where I live. So Shout out to Lifestyles at a Rich and Famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is, oh, that was funny. No, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You got to throw my little rich flex in there real fast. Well, we about Clubhouse, and I just wanted to kind of tell I you, um, and this is just more of on the news side, they did let go 50% of their workforce. What you mean? They laid off, uh, of, of their like 90 person staff, about 40 plus people got laid off the other day. Oh, shit. Yeah, so... They said that they want to take the company in a more product-focused direction, but I saw on LinkedIn one of the product designers had been laid off. Well, I mean, I felt like I was looking for the part where that was going to come because it was like, what? You know, it's been pretty popular for a minute. So it was like, now what's the angle? What's the selling angle? I was wondering, like, what is that going to become? That's what I wasn't understanding. So I guess maybe that's what's happening now because I I noticed, I did notice this. I noticed they don't allow like the recording of rooms anymore. I I see that. They never, they never did. That was always a violation of the terms, especially after they put put, like the replays and the clips and all that, all those features. Um, Yeah. You don't need to record because you could just clip. Yeah. But, um, they laid off 50% of their workforce. And honestly, I think what happened with them is that they missed their opportunity to sell earlier on before apps like Twitter and LinkedIn added their own drop-in audience. Added that, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Do you remember, see, and this goes back to our Twitter heyday, do you remember Vine? Absolutely. And when Vine kind of forced Instagram and Twitter to get creative and add video, like like the more short video yeah and then we got um tiktok and which you know it kind of like all these different all these different social media apps are kind of forcing each other to be creative so that they can offer whatever solution will keep people using their app more 
But you and know I what's crazy about specifically Clubhouse because of the nature of you know how people you know kind of like go back and forth on Twitter. The spaces I heard the spaces can be pretty can be pretty large and pretty volatile. But on Clubhouse, yeah. because there's a lot less people here, it's like a lot more run-ins with people that you disagree with. No doubt. No doubt. Like no the doubt. same people over and over. And so then I guess there's a lot yeah. of like sort of like anti-relationships that develop. Not, you know, not relationships, mm-hmm. but like the dynamic of a relationship with somebody that you don't actually find yourself in community with. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I crazy because that even when you think of the names of is that they're just even not able it, if, if your user experience is consistently negative, you're less likely to return. And, and and the crazy part about it is I think that's what it is about Clubhouse. And even with the name, like the, the name even insinuates it. Like on Twitter, you have spaces and then you have Clubhouse, you have rooms. So it kind of gives you the 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 idea that if you don't know what it is that clubhouse and rooms are more so like it's a lot going on in these places where spaces is more free it's more like open. people are actually talking and building is open so it's crazy how even that type of stuff like twitter twitter even looked at that like it just shows you how genius it is because they even looked at that like how we brand this even will determine who comes and and how it's you, you know how it because you don't hear nothing negative about spaces but clubhouse oh my god i put a clip on my story the other day because i came in clubhouse as soon as i walked in this room today all i heard was bitch bitch bitch, bitch. so i recorded it that's how i found out i, I could record <laughs> and i put it on my instagram i put meanwhile on clubhouse and then the next clip was bitch Bitch, bitch, it's like, yo, it's just total chaos when you go in this app. It's fucking crazy. I've got a funny Instagram reel I need to send you. I think you'll find it hilarious. So make sure I send that to you. Real quick sidebar, I wanted to say this, though. Do you remember the time where Twitter had the different, like, apps like Tweetbot and Twitter for iPhone? I used to use Twitter, and I had everybody on my timeline color-coded. Yes, I that, that. that so 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 back in the day, it, so remember I told you my heyday was like 07 to 12, 08 to 12, right? Back in the yeah. day when Twitter first started, the crazy part was Twitter was the first app to have video and then they stopped it. They used to have something called TwitVid and you could do videos I in the beginning. That. And, and then they stopped it though. Like I never understood that. Like well, they I just think stopped. that was Twitter. I think that was a third party because they used to have TwitPick also, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TwitPick. And it was, was called TwitPick. And then they stopped it when Twitter they worked, integrated their they, own video. But they, worked, but they worked within Twitter's infrastructure, though. They like, did, it, it yeah, wasn't no, like. So it was an API, like where yes. the apps talk to each other, but it wasn't yeah. an official licensed app. And that's why they did. That's why they uh, phased it out. Yeah. Because. There was a lot of security issues with like all the different third party apps. I don't know if you, but they, like, they literally went through like one by one and shut down all the third party Twitter apps. Yeah, they they definitely did. I remember that. They, they shut everything down. And they rolled, I mean, and, and any feature that people really liked from any of those apps ended up getting in, integrated into the, like, the official Twitter app. Yeah, because remember, it wasn't an official Twitter app at first. Exactly. Like, it, it start you out had that to either way. get it on the Twitter website way. and tweet from there. Yeah. And I mean, times have changed. Because remember, because you remember, you remember that was like a running joke as to where your tweet came from. Because remember, it told you where the tweet came from. It said tweeted from iPhone. Tweeted from internet, tweeted from Android. Remember, it told you all of that. Yeah, like I do it, it said that. it. And remember, we used to be like, "Oh, you tweeting from an Android?" <laughs> 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 Those are some funny ass days. Oh my goodness, that's when oh Twitter goodness. really was the shit. That's when Twitter really was the shit. But I mean, look, now they use hashtags everywhere. Twitter started that. Listen, Twitter. That's how. That's how Twitter became a culture. Hashtags. Yep. Fucking hashtag. Has, people don't hashtags now. Don't even like like hashtags now are what they are, but they're, they're not what they were. They have nothing to do with Twitter anymore. You can literally go on anywhere. You can go on LinkedIn hashtag. Social yeah. media essentially is the, is like the new home of hashtags. 
Yeah, like with the hashtags was like hashtags back in the day. Oh my god! Remember, people like do not like all the hashtags. Like the trending topics were all hashtags. Do you remember that? They were. They led you to the greatest places in the world. Oh my god! They led people you don't. to the funniest black minds on Black Twitter. That's how I found most Listen. people I followed was like the funny hashtag trending topics. You know, you know, you know where else I was a legend? Strip club Twitter. Oh my God. And that happened by accident. That happened by me going to Onyx one night and just acting stupid. It just became <laughs> strip club Twitter legend overnight. All the strippers just started following me out of nowhere. I, oh my God. I didn't know strip club Twitter was a thing. It was. For me, it was. For me, it was. All the strippers followed me. All the strippers in Atlanta in that time frame followed me. All of them. All the girls followed me at that time. Man, all the girls follow me now. No, let me stop. Let me stop. I'm old. I'm old. I'm old. If you're a girl and you don't follow him, follow him. And follow me. Follow me. Ride out all day. Listen, we about to set off another billboard. The billboard boys. It's getting spicy in the podcast world. We got um we got this on um Joe Button. They called us the uh bare minimum boys. Somebody's salty. <laughs> it is what it is. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's fun. I'm having a lot of fun right now. Is this a fun space? I'm. I'm glad that you've come. I'm. I'm glad that you're here. You know. I'm. I'm. I'm more than honored to be. You know, the first person you talk to. My first guest. I had to have. Had to have my yeah. dog on here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I totally have enjoyed this. This was fun. Well, I look forward to seeing what's next for you. I look forward to seeing what's next for Ride Not All Day. And I definitely am looking forward to releasing more episodes of Into Everything with Danae. So thank you again for pulling up. And everybody, oh, thank you for listening. Um, this has one been... Of many, one of many, yo. This has been like, so like, much fun. Like,